You're listening to Pastor Jason Myers from Bethlehem Baptist Church. We pray that you enjoy this message. said amen hope you have a copy of uh, God's word with you today I want you to turn with me to um, the book of Matthew chapter 14 Matthew chapter 14 and um, we'll uh, be looking at um, verses 21 or excuse me verse 13 through 21 Matthew 14 verse 13 through 21 and um, I've been in Matthew for the past week and a half or so, just in my personal time with the Lord, and want to just share with you a few things that I have observed about how God works through one of the greatest blessings that I've experienced as a believer. That's the blessedness of brokenness. And I've said it before that the only vessel that God can fill is a broken one. And blessings come through a believer that has um, simply chosen to say no to self and yes to Christ. So Matthew 14, I want you to begin reading with me in verse 13. Matthew 14 in verse 13. When Jesus heard of it, that is John the Baptist's death, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. Maybe underline that, underscore it, draw attention to that. He was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and he brake. Maybe underline those words. And gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments, the leftovers. Maybe underline that. That remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. Probably somewhere between eleven and 12,000 people. Heavenly Father, I ask this morning that you will speak through your servant, God, that you would be with the one who teaches, God, that we would see Jesus, that we would see him only, and Lord, that there would be no distraction, no recollection of issues throughout this week that would keep us from hearing clearly what you have to say through your word, by your spirit, to your people. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, 
Amen and amen. Well, I, as usual, have a lot to say, and if you'll listen fast, I will talk very fast because I'm hungry, and I've got a crock pot plate of turkey and dressing at home waiting on me. Uh, this is a recipe from Richard D's, and it will be delicious. And there's not enough for you. There's just enough for my family when I get home. So with that being said, I want you to look with me at what the Word of God says in verse 13. Jesus had just heard of the death of John the Baptist. For many people, Thanksgiving is not a time of joy. It's a time of sadness. Many times, holidays are not a time where people get together. It's a time of loneliness, and it's a time where we recall bad things have happened. Death has taken place. Jesus also had a good friend of his die, Lazarus. Here, you have a good friend of Jesus who died. Not only a good friend, a close family member. John the Baptist was dead. Jesus had just heard of it, and he wanted to be by himself. We often think that Jesus, as the Son of God, wanted to be around everybody all the time at all places and wanted to be a people person because he was meant to minister to the masses. Can I be honest with you? I've seen, and this is no offense, I've seen enough people yesterday to last me three weeks. I am an introvert by definition and by my lifestyle. I have a great relationship with myself. I love to be by myself. My mother-in-law and I, we get one another because she's very much like that. She's here this morning. But the fact of the matter is, Christy and I went to the Southern Christmas show yesterday. Great heavens, that's the worst decision you can ever make. But we went to the Southern Christmas show yesterday. Amen, Mary. And we went to the Southern Christmas show. Lots of people. I just wanted to be by myself after I was around so many people. Let me tell you something. Jesus is no different. 100% God, Steve. 100% man. He was around the masses. He experienced grief in his life. And Stella, what did he want to do? Just leave me alone. I just want to be by myself. The Bible says that he wanted to go to a departed place, a deserted place. It was a predetermined decision. Verse 13 says that he went by ship into a desert place. He wanted to be a long way away from everybody else. His heart was hurting. Jesus understands what it's like to grieve and what it's like to desire to be by your lonesome, to be by yourself to deal with your own emotional issues in life. He had these things come up as well to show us that he's just like us. But the Bible very clearly shows us that in verse 14, that as Jesus went forth, a multitude followed him. They came and surrounded him. Now, this wasn't just a few people. This was Southern Christmas show amount of people, thousands of people that just invaded his privacy. Rather than driving them away, Jesus used it to teach his disciples something very, very important. Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says, Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was grieving, sorrowful at this point, desiring to be by himself, but seeing a multitude of people chose to use that as an opportunity to teach his disciples. My friend, in your grieving moments, in your sadness, in your hurt, in your isolation, God will use it to teach you something that he otherwise could not teach you. 
first truth I want to give you here this morning is Jesus was motivated by a cause outside of himself. Motivated by a cause outside of himself. Remember I told you to underline, draw attention to that word compassion? We're going to unpack that for a, few, for a few moments. How could Jesus have the capacity to minister as he was hurting? Here's how. This compassion is not a, well, I feel sorry for this person, so let me do the best I can. Let me tip this person, give this individual Say this very respectfully. I see this person on the side of the road. I'm just going to give them a couple dollars because I just feel sorry for the situation. No, my friend, it is not a flesh, carnal-initiated act of compassion. It is compassion that is God-centered. Compassion could basically be whittled down to two words. You have a Hebrew meaning and a Greek meaning. The word compassion in Hebrew comes from a root word that means the womb. You go to Psalm 51 and verse 6, when David was confessing his sins to God in heaven, he said, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, in the hidden part. You have made me to know wisdom. Jeremiah chapter 1, when God was calling him to himself, he said that he called him from the womb. So God compassion is maternal instincts where a mother would care for her child by default. It's a mother being drawn to the cry of her child. That's the Hebrew meaning. You have a Greek meaning, which is what is used here in Matthew 14. And it's the word that we get our English word, splanchnology. How do you like that? You could be flipping someone off. Splanchnology. Don't you wish there were Christian cuss words? <laughs> Sometimes Al just doesn't do it. <laughs> now, y'all holy folk, loosen up a little bit. You know, if something bad happens, oh, that hurts. That just doesn't cut it. You need something more. I've yet to figure out what the other ones are, but if you could help me as a believer that needs God's help in those moments, I'd appreciate it. But be that as it may, it's the word splanchnology. What does splanchnology mean? I'm glad you asked. It's the study of the gut the medical study of the gut here's the point if you're listening say amen when Jesus felt compassion for these people it was a gut level I've got to do something about the situation it was an inward compulsion from the womb maternal instincts and it was a godlike compassion in my gut I must do something about the situation he had to do something about the situation. Jesus was teaching his disciples. Listen to me, don't miss this. Jesus was showing his disciples that there are times in life where the compassion that you have for others can be shown even when you're grieving in your own heart. I have watched this happen. God used me in moments where I thought I was emotionally incapable of being used. He will bless Weakness. In my weakness, he is my strength. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9 should be the hallmark of every spirit-filled person. My grace is sufficient for you in moments of weakness. Sometimes God has to drain you of you and get the you out of you so that you can be usable for God's kingdom. And that's exactly what was going on in this passage. Don't miss this. In these moments, Jesus was showing his disciples, you be motivated by a cause outside of yourself. 
Proverbs 20 and verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. When the Holy Spirit took up residence within you, He moves within your gut. He moves within the very inward parts of you to exude compassion to situations that you thought you were incapable of being compassionate about. You may say, I'm a hard person, preacher. I don't show compassion. When you get a hold of Christ and Christ gets a hold of you and He lives through you, you find yourself compassionate over things you thought you couldn't be compassionate about. You'll begin to cry over things that you thought you couldn't cry over. I was with a man not long ago. He's 60 years old, and he said, You know, I used to be in a situation in life where I was hard. I wanted to fight people as opposed to talk to them. But now I'll cry at the drop of a hat. I'm so sad that it took me to 60 years old for God to get a hold of my life. But thank God that happened. He would say that I would come to situations and I would just be so angry and fed up over things. But now there's something on the inside of me that convicts me and deals with me about who I am. What is that? Compassion. The gut level work of a holy God that teaches you to focus not on you but on others. He was motivated by a cause outside of himself. Secondly, he manifested his way of ministry to the disciples. He manifested his way of ministry to the disciples. Dad bought me a new Izod shirt. He said they breathe a little better, but great. No, they don't, Dad. In every situation. In every situation, glorify God. That's his method of ministry. In every situation, glorify God. Now, I want to just show you something here in these moments that just shocks me. <clears throat> I don't know how to put this. Have you ever been behaved upon by people? That is, have people ever invaded your life at inopportune times? My wife gave me this little plaque not long ago, and I've got it hanging on our um, uh, shed back out behind my house. And it says, let me drop everything and work on your problem. <laughs> Ain't that good, Rodney? I got another one of Charlie Brown in my shed, in my garage, with a line of people that says complaint department. You ever felt that way? People want you to stop everything you're doing to work on their problem. Have, has, has anybody ever made their emergency your emergency? Has that ever happened to you? That all of a sudden, what, what, their lack of planning becomes your issue. You ever feel that way? You don't feel compassionate, do you? You feel irritated. Listen, Jesus shows us how to handle it. Because what I want you to see in these moments is oftentimes we glorify the 5,000 that came to Jesus. But guess what, beloved? This wasn't Jesus' problem. It was their problem. They were perfectly capable of providing for themselves. Notice what the text reads. It says in verse number 15, When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place. You're to be by yourself. The time is now past. It's getting late. Send the multitude away that they can go to their own villages and buy their own food. Two things at, worse, at work. They were capable physically of going to get their own food. Secondly, by what the text says, they had the financial resources to buy their own food. It wasn't Jesus' problem. It wasn't his problem. Not only was it not his problem, they behaved themselves upon him in a moment of sadness and grief. 
Have you ever had that happen? Someone behave themselves upon you in a moment of weakness. You don't have time for it. You don't feel like dealing with it. You have your own issues in life. Secondly, you know very well that person has the capacity to deal with the own problem that they're bringing up to you. I'll say it again. That person has the own, their own capacity to deal with their own problem. And Jesus says, yeah, maybe you're right. Just send them on away. Notice what Jesus said in verse 16. They need not depart. You give them something to eat. But wait a minute, Lord. This is their problem. This isn't my problem. What's the point? In all situations, give glory to God. Let me share this with you. This is something I've learned about walking with Jesus. There's a great little book called The Calvary Road by Roy Hessian. And when you read it, you have to get right with at least one person in your life. There's no way you can read it and not be impacted. But that little book captures what Matthew 14 talks about. These disciples wanted to send away people that God sovereignly brought into their lives for God to teach them something. Hear me and hear me well. It may not be the will of God for situations and people and circumstances to be behaved upon you. But it is the will of God that you respond in those moments for God's glory. I can't, Jeff, I can't control the things that happen in me and the people that come into my life, even though those situations can be handled by those people. But I am responsible because it is the will of God how I respond to the situation. So Jesus was teaching his disciples, you can handle it. I'll give you grace in these moments. It wasn't their problem, but Romans 8, 28 is still in the Bible. That all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. That means that even when I am behaved upon, when situations come up in my life, God will give me the grace to handle it. We think that in the Bible, the Bible says somewhere in the book of uh, wherever, book of Jason... That God helps those who help themselves. No, Benjamin Franklin concocted that. God does not help those who help themselves. God has not told you that you're responsible to handle all of your problems. God will handle even the problems that you create. Aren't you glad of that? I, Joey, most of the problems I deal with in my life have to do with me. Why I've made my life like I've made it. But thank God, Cheryl, he will take responsibility for my sins. And it is our responsibility to take initiative in the lives of others, even though they behave themselves upon you. And God will guide you and give you wisdom in those moments on how to operate. Notice what the word says. Verse 17. We only have here five loaves of bread and two fishes. Top of fish camps running low. Verse 18, he said, Bring them to me. Are you willing to trust God with your inadequacies? 
I'm not a caterer. I'm not on the hospitality team. But I do know enough about food that five loaves of bread and two fish is not enough for about 12,000 people. I know that. Because I eat. Five loaves of bread and two fish is not enough. Am I willing to trust God with my inadequacies? They're not trusting God with their abundance. They're trusting God with their inadequacies. Now hear me, listen to this. It is often easy for us to trust God with things that we can make a change. That is, I can trust God with areas of my life that I have the capacity to change. But it's very difficult to trust God with the issues that I can't change. Uh, Miss Helen and, and Brother Jack and I were talking just this morning. Y'all had no idea I was going to be preaching on this. But they were talking about not worrying and stressing over things that you can't change anyway. And you spoke into my life this morning. You said, I wish I'd lived like that. And I thought, wow, God, you are so on time. Trust him with what you can't change anyway. Five loaves, two fishes. Many times it takes the whittling down of us before we're willing to trust God. The whittling down of the grand I, the self in life. Five loaves of bread and two fishes. And the Bible says that Jesus commanded the multitudes, have them sit down in rows. And then something extremely important here. He miraculously taught his disciples the secret of the Christian life. Are you ready? He miraculously taught his disciples the secret to the Christian life. And it's twofold. First of all, he blessed them with provisions. Look at this. The Bible says in chapter 14 and verse 20 that he looked up to heaven and he blessed. He thanked God not for the abundance, but he thanked God for the little. He thanked God for the basic, simple necessities of life. I think we in America have forgotten how to be grateful for what we possess. One of my good pastor friends on Facebook just took the risk, and he's very risky uh, in and of himself. He's kind of a hero in my respects, but he put this post on Facebook just this past week. Could we, with regards to the political movement, take away the attitudes on Facebook and replace it with some gratitude? Let me just get plain with you. You ain't going to leave the country no matter who's elected president. If you want to leave, I'll buy your plane ticket. Y'all all right with that? I'm an introvert. The world's got too many people as it is. Be grateful for what you got. Can you breathe? Y'all ain't died yet, so evidently you can breathe. Can y'all sit up straight? You hadn't croaked on me yet. Can you listen to what I'm preaching? Are you, are you listening? That's another story. But are you listening to what I'm preaching? Are you able to move your hand and take notes while I'm preaching? You ought to because this is a good message. Are you able to stand up and worship when Rockney leads us in worship? Thank him for that. Did you walk to church this morning? Would you live five miles from here? Or did you get in a car? And not only that, did you get in a car that had some heat? And not only that, did you get a little something in your stomach before you got here? And when you go home, do you have a little something waiting on you? And when you get home and you're exhausted, do you got a nice couch or maybe a bed that you could lay on? I want to tell you, you're within the 95 percentile of the world's population that are wealthy. And you and I ought to say, thank you, Jesus, for your provisions. 
Replace the attitude. Ease up on the attitude. Replace the attitudes with some gratitude. God has provided for me. Look up to heaven from whence the blessings of life come and say, God, thank you for this little bit. Thank you for what you've given me. He didn't thank God for the abundance. He thanked God for what was totally inadequate. So my friend, when you don't have enough of any whatever it is to get by in life, thank God for what you've got because he's about to do a miracle in your life. Secondly, you are blessed by God's providence. Blessed, or excuse me, you're broken by God's providence. Broken by his providence. Now I want you to watch this. Don't miss this. He blessed and he break. And he gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Now, here's what's extremely, extremely important. God took the little and whittled it down to nothing. He took the little and broke it. And by what was broken, he provided leftovers. So many of us are holding on to our little bit of valuable whatever that we have in life that we think makes life good. And God wants to take that and turn that little into nothing. In the Christian life, the way up is down. The way to be whole is to be broken. The way to be filled is to be empty. The way to be lavished is to have lack. But in the world's economy, it's from small to great, little to large. But God's economy is really right side up. I want to take your abundance and bring it to nothing. Because in nothingness, I now am able to work through you. Mark her down. God will send it to you if he can send it through you. That's good. That's not original. That's Paul speaking. God will send it to you if he can send it through you. When in need, give. Dr. Stanley. When I started out, I was going to be original or nothing, but I wound up originally nothing. I'm taking everything I've learned and I'm passing it on to you. My friend, God will take little and have leftovers. God wants to take your little, whatever you're clinging to, and he wants you to trust him with it. He wants you to trust him with your inadequacies. So in those moments, your little is turned to nothing, and your nothingness is turned to brokenness, and your brokenness is turned to blessedness, and that blessedness is turned to leftovers. Mark her down, my friend. You and I are never contributors to God's abundance. We are co-participants in his activity in this life. 
I cannot contribute anything to him. However, I am a co-participant in what he wants to do in and through my life. And in those moments, Jesus blessed the food. He blessed the little. He broke the little down to nothing. And he took nothing and manifested it so that the 11, 12,000 people had leftovers, 12 baskets of leftovers at best. Jesus took a situation that was behaved upon him and gave God glory in the midst. So this week, next week, this year, the remaining of this year, next year, when you have people and circumstances that seem to just come up in your life and you feel, I am not prepared for this. I'm grieving on my own. I have my own situations that I'm hurt over. God will give you grace and he will give you womb compassion. He'll give you gut compassion that is not of you so that you can love in those situations. And he'll take the little that you've got left and you dig deep and you allow him to minister in and through you. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You say, stop right there, preacher. It says, in everything, give thanks. Not for everything. I heard a well-meaning pastor say one time, you may not be able to thank God for everything, but you can thank God in everything. Now, that may look good on a pretty embroidered pillow, but that's not true. The Bible says you are not only to be thankful in all things, you have the capacity to be thankful for all things. The same Apostle Paul who penned 1 Thessalonians also penned Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You right now, I know it because I am one of you. We have things in our lives that we're not thankful for. And there are situations that have been behaved upon us and we wish that they would be removed from our lives. But the Bible says that through Christ you have the capacity, you have the compassion, you have the womb, a maternal type love, you have the gut type love, the gut level God love, compassion to minister in those situations and thank God for them because every circumstance and problem that you face may not be the will of God in that person's life to have happened and but it is the will of God for it to have happened in you and you've got the opportunity to respond as Christ. I am a firm believer that everything and anything is filtered through God's grid of grace. Nothing happens in my life unless it has been part of God's providential plan. You say, Jason, can you explain that to me? No, if I would, I'd be God. But you got a choice. You can either believe that and give God glory or choose to reject it and be miserable and think that, well, God must not be in this. If you're saved, he has double ownership of your life. You're his at creation. That is, he created you. But secondly... You are doubly his because now you're offspring. The Bible says in 1 John that you have the seed of God living in you as a Christian. So every and anything that happens to you is filtered 
through God's grid of grace. Miss Judy, I know you've been through it the past several months. God's grid of grace is with you. Some of you folks in here have been through death and sickness and hardship. It's all come filtered through God's grid of grace. And he wanted me to tell you about that this morning. Would you stand with me? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's begin praying. Heavenly Father, I pray that folks hear my heart this morning. That God, you are the God who say you are. You change us, you make us what you want us to be. I want to pray for my dear brothers and sisters in this room. That God, you will move powerfully. And God, for any person in here that has never crossed over into salvation, that God, today, they would be saved. God, I pray that you open up the blinded hearts of individuals that they may know that Christ died on the cross, was resurrected on the third day, that they may be saved and that they may be forgiven. May they run to the Christ of the cross, even now. Father, for those in this room that are struggling to be thankful for something, I pray, God, that you give them a grateful heart. Grateful for what they deem as inadequate, and that you'll take their little, break us into nothing, that in return, you raise us up and there's leftovers. I trust you to move in a manner that makes you smile and makes us conform to the image of your son right now. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to Bethlehem Baptist Church with Pastor Jason Myers. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Bethlehem Baptist Church is located in Lancaster, South Carolina. We hope that you will be able to enjoy us. For more information about Bethlehem, please visit www.bbclancaster.com.